everybody. Welcome to the Jesus Over Everything podcast. I'm Trent Dean. Um, Tonight, I want to talk about something that is probably more uh, prevalent than anything I've heard of working in the mental health or substance abuse um, fields, and that is anxiety whether that be social anxiety or clinical anxiety or just general anxiety disorder as it's called. Um, I think <clears throat> I think scripture has a lot to say about anxiety. Um, I talk to people all the time and it's what I do for a living and just over the years it's been hundreds and hundreds of people that Anxiety has become more than just a momentary feeling. It's it's an all-encompassing event that just completely swallows up their life. And everything revolves around their anxiety. It prevents them from doing things. It prevents them from um, relationships. It makes healthy relationships not healthy anymore. I mean, it's it can be very, very destructive. And some of us take it as something really light and for others it's it's just incapacitating um, I don't know if I agree with how we talk about about anxiety or how or what we think the causes are um, a lot of people would argue that it's just um, not just, but has a lot to do with just brain chemistry and chemicals in the brain and 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 things along that line. And just through talking to so many people and seeing all the things that are in common um, in terms with situations and and all that, it really has a lot more to do with mindsets, focus, where your attention, where your heart is, and I think that's what we're going to discover here tonight. Um, The passage I've picked to talk about this is in Matthew 6, uh, specifically verses 19 through 34. Um, We're probably only going to get to about verse 24 tonight because I'm going to break this down as we go. So I'm just going to read 19 through 24 right now. And this is Jesus talking. This is a... This is still part of the Beatitudes. Um, Verse 19 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your heart is, there your, or for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is dark, is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will dis- he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot, ber- you cannot serve 
God and wealth or mammon. <clears throat> so there's there's a lot. <laughs> I, I don't even... It's really hard just to kind of figure out where to start with this. Just because in these couple of verses, there's just a lot. Um, so I, I just want to go verse by verse, starting in 19, verse 19 of Matthew 6, and and just talk about this. This is what I see in Scripture. Um, verse 19 is, Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. So that offers me a question. Where am I storing my treasure? What has my attention? You know, like, what's on my mind the most? Where's my focus? Where's my affection? Where's my time going? Um, it says, do not... <laughs> you can't... How do I word this? You can't put your time and energy on earthly things. Um, right here it says, if you store your treasures on earth, moth and rust destroy, and thieves break in and steal. If if your treasure is in earthly things, um, the enemy can rob you, he can corrupt, he can corrupt it, he can destroy it, anything, any treasure you've stored upon earth, he can he can manipulate in some way and that's not just saying you know it's talking about at the end it's talking about wealth so it's also it's obviously talking about um, physical possessions you know cars houses um, your bank account just and things like that in general but I think there's more to it um, If your treasure is in, if, you know, if we're going to use treasure as the word focus, if your focus and all of your attention are uh, on your job that's not going so well, or a job that you hate, or a family member that's in trouble, you know, you know, say mom or grandma or someone's sick, and all of your focus and attention is there you're actually storing up treasure on earthly things that's not saying don't care about those things it's saying that those things can't be the focus of your attention they can't be where your treasures at you can't have all your eggs in that basket as far as your hope goes as far as um, your joy you know that can't mom and dad can't be a source of joy for you or they can't be the source. They can be a source, but they can't be the source. Because um, where where your heart at, where your heart's at, you know, that's where your focus, your time, and your attention is going to be. Um, if we if we are focused on those things what's wrong, what's going wrong, what could go wrong then by default we're going to be anxious. Those things cause anxiety because it's rooted in worry. You can't have that. In verse 20, as we keep going, that's going to, that's going to open up some more. Um, verse 20, But store for yourselves treasures in heaven, 
where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Right? So we can't have all of our hope in earthly things. That's not where we're supposed to store our treasure because it can be robbed from us, being taken. Um, since my wife passed, uh, this phrase has been in my heart really strong and from the Lord. And he, he asked me, he goes, if you have hope in things that can be taken from you, do you have hope at all? And I thought about that for several days after he told it to me. And no, I don't think you can because then you're worried that your hope will be lost all the time. Or you run the risk of the only things that give you joy and hope being taken from you. So he, he was telling me to store my treasure in heaven. Um, you know, you got to place your hope and your trust in God. You got to store your treasure in heaven. You got to store it in God. You have to store it in Jesus. That's where your, your time and your affection and your attention needs to be going. Uh, Colossians 3 and verse, uh, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, if you have died with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seating at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. This is I love this passage because it actually requires something of you. It's not just giving you a good idea. It's actually giving you something that you're responsible for. It's saying, set your mind. He's saying that's something you have to do. You have to set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. That's why verse 19 tells you don't store your treasure in earthly things. Because... Moth and rust can, can destroy, and thieves can break in and steal. I'm talking about the enemy, I'm talking about life in general. So you have to actually set your own mind on things above where Christ is. You have to keep your focus just dead set on Jesus at all times. Like, And it doesn't come easily. It comes through discipline. It comes through devotion. It comes through time spent just like any other relationship does. You have to be purposeful in your pursuit of God. You have to come to Him. You have to set your mind on Him. You have to set your eyes on Him. You have to turn your heart towards Him. These are all things that you have to do. You're empowered to do so through the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force you. He's going to lead you to the water, but He's not going to force your head into the water and make you drink. He's going to bring you to the source, which is Himself, and offer you a drink freely like he does at the with the lady at the well. He says, if you only knew what kind of water. <laughs> and who it was who asked you for a drink. Man. So you got to set your mind on things above. Let's keep going here. Verse 21. Um, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So he's revealing something to you. Where your focus, your time, and your attention, your money, um, all that where, where all of that's going is a good indicator of where your heart is, of where your treasure's at. Um, what you're focused on most has your heart, and from your heart flow all the issues of life. We know Proverbs four, Proverbs four twenty three says, "Keep your heart with all." diligence 
See, that's something you have to do. It says, keep your heart. He doesn't say, I'll keep your heart. He says, you keep your heart with all diligence because from it flow the issues of life. You know, in the rehab, I tell people um, that most, they, they have less of a problem of substance or with a substance and more of a problem with the heart because from the heart flow all the issues of life because they soon discover in treatment that they're not using just because they so enjoy a substance. They're actually using because of a deeper issue, a deep-rooted issue most of the time. That's an issue of the heart because that's where all our issues flow from. It's right here in Proverbs 4, written thousands of years ago by one of the wisest men that's ever lived, King Solomon. So you can't, you can't be surprised at your anxiety. You can't be surprised at your worry, at your disdain, at your lack of joy, and all these things. If your focus isn't on Jesus, if it's on you, you're going to be miserable because you fail. He doesn't. That's why he wants your attention on him. And then your life can go from having a focus of everything that's wrong to a focus of everything he did right everything he's done for you who he is in you and who you are in him what he's done for the world what he accomplished on the cross the finished work what he paid for you to have what he paid to take from you if your focus is on all those things you're gonna have a hard time not finding joy because it's such an incredible thing it's such a freeing thing it's something that completely and totally radically restores restores you redeems you replenishes you and if you let him jesus actually replaces you he says it's no longer i who live but christ who lives in me you know paul counted everything that he had as rubbish for the surpassing greatness of knowing christ i mean think about that and this is a guy that took that belief to being tortured to death verse 22 the eye is the lamp of the body if then your eye is clear your whole body will be full of light the king james says if your eye be single as in one focus if your eye is clear if you don't have anything clouding your judgment anything clouding your vision anything clouding your mind if your eye be clear if your eye be single just one focus upon Christ setting your mind on things above and not on the things of the earth he says your whole body will be full of light Mm. you know 1 John says that God is light and that in him there is no darkness at all I guess so my question with that is, is if God is light And he is in you. And you're in him. How can there be darkness in you? Go read it. It's 1 John 1, 5. It says, God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. Zero. None. And your Bible says that you are in him. That you're hidden in Christ. In God. And that he's in you. You're full of him. Darkness cannot exist where there's light. Darkness is literally, according to science, just the absence of light. I mean, when was the last time you turned on a 
a light in a dark room and there was a struggle, there was a battle. No, it, the light just comes on, darkness just flees. It's just how it happens. And that's that's the the allegory, that's the analogy given here, uh, or given in First John. It's it's incredible to think as if you're eye is the lamp of the body I mean how many times can you think of in your past where someone just looks you in the eye and they're like oh my gosh what's wrong are you okay it's because your eye is the lamp of the body the eye is the window to your heart and from your heart flow all the issues of life that's why we can be so easily read sometimes which actually gives a spike to our anxiety if we have insecurity because we're afraid that people will see what we already know and we project our thoughts onto them, thinking they're th thinking that they're thinking about us, what we think about us. When in reality, 90% of the people in the room don't even realize you're in the room. Because they're too busy thinking the same things about themselves, and we all call it anxiety. And it's completely debilitating. And it's destroyed what we what our our ability just to be social. We can all get on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that and, and post something. It doesn't require anything of you. There is no sacrifice in that. I'll, I'll tell you a secret. All social interaction, in-person social interaction, requires sacrifice. It requires sacrifice because you're coming into a situation in order to give something. When you don't show up to give and you show up to receive something, you're already insecure in the first place because you showed up with need rather than abundance. Hmm. Verse 23. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness... How great is the darkness? Now, if, if your focus is off of God and on all of your problems, your issues, your worries, your insecurities, then the result, the results of that are going to be anxiety, depression, doubt, self-hatred, um, being insecure, being self-absorbed, be, becoming narcissistic because the more insecure we get, the more about us it becomes. And we get sucked into this whole 360 degrees of me and it's a vortex that devours everything around it because it has so much need all of the time that all it knows, all it develops as is something that only knows how to take and it doesn't know how to give and actually it doesn't even know how to receive. The most insecure people can never handle a compliment even though they're desperate for one. The results are anxiety, depression, doubt, self-hatred, and insecurity. Because the thief comes in and steals, rust destroys, and the moth eats up all the truth that was set aside like a forgotten garment in the attic. When you forsake the truth to believe a lie, when your focus becomes bad or dark, separated from the light, when your mind is no longer set on the things above, no longer set on Christ and your fo your focus and everything else becomes on everything that's wrong. You actually set aside truth and then those moths can come in and just 
it, they just sit, the truth just sits there in the back cabinet of your mind. And the enemy creeps in. The thief creeps in and he steals. He kills and he destroys. Rust corrupts it and destroys it. Moths eat it. And all of a sudden you can't even recall the truth. Because your feelings and thoughts about yourself based on human wisdom, based on the world, based on comparison and covetousness have told you that you're not this, that you're not that, that you'll never be here, that you'll never go there, that you'll never amount to anything. And they have it better and you need what they have. And your whole focus, everything about you becomes about something else that you, that's not even important. I really, I want you to understand. The gospel sets you free from yourself, from being self-centered, from pride to humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's just thinking of yourself less. You're, when you're so focused on Jesus, when you really see him for who he is, you can't get your focus off of him. It completely changes who you think you are because how you see yourself changes through how he sees you. Because all of a sudden you believe what he says over what they say because he's the one that made you and the one that made you is the only one with the right to assign value to your life in the first place. So you can either decide to believe that what he says about you is true or what everyone else says about you is true. But until you know what he says about you, because he's right, you can read about him and find out about you because you're made in his image. And until you know who he is, you can never find yourself. I know Christians, they go and, especially when they come into rehab, they're on these self, they, they, they're here to find themselves. And I just look and I say, bro, you cannot find yourself until you find Christ because you're hidden in Christ. You have no idea who you are until you know who he is. He reveals you in the way that you were meant to be revealed. You can see yourself the way you were meant to be seen, by the way that He sees you. You get to set your mind on things above, on His thoughts about you, in His grace, in His mercy, and your faith in Him all work together to transform you into the very image in which He's called you to be. But none of that will ever happen if you don't know the truth you cannot set it aside and worry and focus on everything else. There's nothing more important in this world than truth. I'm not talking about facts. You can have an injury, that's a fact. But it's not according to the truth. That's a different talk for a different time. You know, you'll become what you have faith to be. I'll just leave it at that. Oh. <clears throat> Verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will, de or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't have two masters. If your master is life and problems and issues... If your master is your anxiety, because I've met so many people where everything revolves around their anxiety. They are completely in submission to it in every possible way. And some, I mean, 
really bad cases, really, really bad cases. Um, if your anxiety is your master, if mental illness is your master, if your job's your master, if your spouse is your master, then everything you do will revolve around you and your problems. So much so that you become devoted to those things, even to the point to where you find yourself protecting them and even defending them. So many times I'm talking to people and I, and I start to explain the gospel and I, and I begin to talk about anxiety. I begin to talk about these things. And though they agree, they actually begin to defend the, who they are because of what anxieties made them. And they're, they're literally denying the truth about them, saying that anxiety is what's true about them and not the word of God that's true about them. And if you're not a Christian, you're not going to agree. And I'd just like to tell you right now, you're wrong. And you can be mad about that statement. It's your privilege. You know, it's your privilege to not believe the word of God. It's also your privilege to go to hell. Whoops. God doesn't come down and make you have faith because it wouldn't be faith at all. It's your privilege to deny him. Just like it's your privilege to accept him and believe him and have faith in him. It's your privilege. There is not a greater honor in this world than to know Jesus. Than to be able to read this world that people all around the world are being murdered just for having in their possession. We have, I have one, two, three, four, five, six different translations right here in front of me. But yeah, some sometimes they 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 are in such belief that this thing is who they are that they actually defend it over what they claim to believe as true, which is the Word of God. And I'm talking about Christians, and I'm talking to Christians, people that believe that the Word of God is the highest authority on the planet, that nothing supersedes it, that Jesus is right until it comes to their anxiety. They begin to defend it and say, well, you know, it's because of this, it's because of that. And all the excuses start to come out. It's because you can't serve two masters. You have to decide what's true. You have to decide where you want, where you'll let faith take you. Because it'll take you as far as you want it to. Because grace works through faith. And grace is the transformative power of God and the unmerited favor of God. So faith, or grace, actually transforms you into what you have faith to be. But you can't have faith to be anything if you don't know what the truth is. You can't find yourself becoming a new you if you don't know who the new you is. And over time, you begin to despise God and the truth because your life doesn't look like the word says it should. And you become a slave to your new master. We call it mental illness. It's actually twisted thinking. It's actually lies and deception. I'm even convinced that not all of it's even the devil. 
I think a lot of times it's just where we've chosen to put our focus, what we've chosen to believe. And every time you listen to your new master, everything you do revolves around protecting and defending what it is you serve. I know some people that probably have more of a drinking problem than they would admit. And every time it comes up, they defend their position. Or when people are doing things relationally, you know, married men looking at other women, married women entertaining the flirtatious other man, we find ourselves defending it. Oh, it's just nothing. Oh, I just looked, man. It's not a big deal. Well, from your heart flow all the issues of life. And it's up to you to diligently protect it above everything else. Above all else, guard your heart. Hmm. But if, if God is your master, then everything you do is to serve him, is to protect your heart and guard your heart according to who he says you are, according to what he says is true about you, who it is you should be, according to what he's done, the price he paid, the inheritance he's given you, that, you know, it's hard to walk in power if you don't believe Acts 2 where he says, not many days from now you shall be endued with power from on high. A lot of Christian circles don't believe that that happens today. But it's there in the book. And he said we can have it. If there's no power from on high, then you shouldn't even expect change in your life. It's just a ridiculous thought according to doctrine and theology. But... You know, it is what it is, I guess. You have to decide what you want to believe. You don't have to take my word for anything. And I, in fact, I'd recommend that you don't. I'd recommend that you open the book and find out for, for yourself. And you, if you come and prove me wrong, I'll sit and I'll listen to you. And I'll look it over with you. And if you're right, I'll tell you you're right. I got no problem with that. I'm after truth. And I'm after for, your, for you to be set free in your mind where the battle takes place. Most of anxiety, if not all of anxiety, comes from insecurity. Either about yourself, about God. You're going to be nervous every time it comes to pay bills if, if finances are your master. It's going to make you anxious. That's what it goes on to say, starting in. Verse 25 says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Hmm. You know, all this comes to a head, and we'll talk about this next time, but all of it comes to head in Matthew 6.33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
and all these things will be added to you. And he says in verse 34, So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Seek first his kingdom. Sounds like somewhere you should be storing your treasure. It sounds like we read, you know, what Colossians says. They set your mind on things above. You know, if it's in Colossians 3, 1, 2 again. Therefore, if you have died with Christ, <laughs> if you died with Christ, you if you died, you're not worried about you at all anymore. Because you died with Christ. Therefore, you keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God because you're seated, you're hidden in Christ at the right hand of God. You're already there. You're not climbing a corporate ladder to heaven. You're not doing a whole list of do's and don'ts and be good and don't be bad. No, that's not what Christianity is. It's the empowerment to become who you were always meant to be. And that's a son of God. A daughter of God. A saint. A holy priesthood. A holy nation. We have given so much time to ridiculous notions. So much attention to what could be wrong with us. Rather than focusing on what's been made right with us through the ultimate loving sacrifice of a good father who took upon himself his own wrath to set his own children free because they couldn't make it on their own. Wow. If God loves you that much, he wouldn't leave you an orphan. He wouldn't leave you by yourself. And his word is, is, is just riddled it's, I mean, it's full of what he's done for you. And it's, it might even be even more full of who you are now because of what Jesus did. Don't live in the past. Don't live according to the wisdom and knowledge of man. It says at first it's sensual and demonic, the wisdom of man. That's the wisdom of the earth, but the wisdom from above is different it's loving it's full of good fruits this is a bit of a rambling but um, it's just a really important subject don't let anxiety be your master and don't think for a minute that I'm downplaying anxiety or how real it is and, and how and sometimes I've had panic attacks I've had anxiety attacks I know exactly what they're like they're terrible and they're frightening and mine were so bad where my arms and my, my muscles and everything lock up I'd almost fall over I mean I know what it's like I'm just telling you you can be free because I'm free from it now and I suffered with it for a long time just like everyone else seemingly you're not alone in it but I'm not going to leave you there forever I want you to know the truth so that the truth can set you free so Jesus says, it's truth that sets you free. I don't need to come lay hands on everyone and cast out demons. It's not always a demon. 
Sometimes you just need truth and to believe it and to walk in faith and fight the fight of faith and re be renewed by the um, to, to not be conformed to the world but to be renewed in your mind by the transforming of your mind your mind's your mind your will and your emotions that's Romans 12 2 don't sell yourself short on this what does God say that's what you need to believe you need to chase it before it becomes your reality because that's what faith is it's a, Hebrews 11 1 it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen you see it in the word and you don't experience it in your life yet that means you keep chasing it until, until it's your reality that's how we grow in God we believe him when we run after this thing we guard our heart against everything else that's not the truth of his word that's not of his spirit of his wisdom I just want to pray if anyone's made it to the end of this podcast father i just thank you so much god for truth just let us be renewed in the spirit of our minds father let your truth penetrate to the deepest darkest corners of our hearts of our minds god that your light just come and illuminate all things that have been hidden away and even all the things we haven't even realized to where truth can just radically set us free because you're right about us. Lord, help our faith to arise in what you say. Help our faith to be in what you've done, who you are, who you are in us, and who we are in you, Father. I just thank you that right now, seed, just good seed is hitting good soil, Father, and that some are, are springing up right now and bearing much, much fruit, Father. I, I pray right now that even the mention of your name just just the mentioning of these truths is just broken shackles and set people free even though even if they're not seeing the immediate results of it right now father but as the as the minutes hours days weeks months and years come lord that they begin to walk in freedom from anxiety god that they can walk into a room in confidence and boldness because they know who they are they're finally secure in that identity we can approach your throne in our time of need with with confidence and boldness so why can't we walk into the grocery store why can't we walk into the classroom why can't we walk into the new job why can't we walk on to the car dealer whatever it is with confidence and boldness in who we are in you and who you are in us to where what other people say whatever they think whatever we see their eyes glaring at Lord that it changes nothing about what you said father because if I got my identity from you if what I've received is from you then no one can take it from me because they didn't give it they're not the givers of my identity father you are you assign my worth and my value and you thought that I was to die for in fact you came and paid the price of your life to restore mine to give me back my life my identity who I am in you who you made me to be made me to be from the beginning father from the foundation of the world god thank you for loving us thank you for being here for us god and for being patient you're not tapping your foot waiting for us to get it you love us and you're calling us and you're ushering us back in you're you, you want us to go deeper and wider and farther you want us to live in an abundance father 
You want us to have exceedingly great wealth. And I ain't talking about money. I'm talking about the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy that's only found in the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, God. Set your people free, Lord, in the name of Jesus.